right, welcome back to another week of the NFL season. I feel so great to finally say the NFL playoffs are here for 2023. Let's go, baby. Nothing else matters now. All the teams that are in right now, we are going to find out who the best team is. 14 teams remaining, and this is where it gets serious. Some pretty good games coming on this weekend. Uh, I do think, you know, the next coming rounds, hopefully we'll see some better games uh, because I do think we can see some mismatches in this first round, uh, some some pretty big blowouts. I hope, you know, most of the games are entertaining. I am currently right now on my trip to Arkansas, opening up my track season this weekend. So I'm actually going to miss a little bit of the Seahawks 49ers and maybe a little bit of the Chargers and Jaguars game as well. So, uh, you know, I'm probably going to miss those two games a little bit. Most likely we'll be able to watch the first half of the Seahawks and Niners game. And then I'll be able to watch probably the second, I'll probably back second or third quarter of the Chargers and the Jaguars game. So I'm going to be able to watch all the other games. Looks like we have all the schedules out now and we are ready to go, man. This is going to be a short episode as Preston and Gledhill are not going to be able to join me. Gledhill is also in Arkansas, uh, traveling with, with his team, OU. And so we just couldn't find a time to, to get this done. And this is what the schedule is looking like as of right now. Two Saturday games, like I said, Seahawks, Niners, Chargers, Jaguars. Tomorrow, Sunday, we got Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, and then Cowboys, Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, which I think Monday Night Football is an L. Don't think they should do that at all. Not the biggest fan of that. I mean, you got six teams right here. Why are six games? Why not just put them all on Saturday and Sunday? Don't get it. Not the biggest fan of that, but I guess they want three primetime games. So I guess we'll go with that. So let's go ahead and get on into this. Like I said, I'm going to miss probably the second half of this game. We'll be able to catch the first half, but honestly, this game could get ugly really fast. Time will tell. We got the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play San Francisco 49ers. Two versus seven seed. We talked a little bit about last week on the show before we lost some of the footage that when Preston and Gledhoe were here, we were talking about division rivals playing in the first round or playing in the playoffs, especially after, you know, they, they had got outplayed the last two times. And in this case, it'd be the Seahawks. The Seahawks have got throttled by the 49ers in both matchups by a combined score of 48 to 20. Both games were not close. And last time they played in Seattle, they really couldn't get anything going offensively. The 49ers defense was suffocating. We've been talking about that all year. And the 49ers are opening pretty big right here. Nine and a half. You know, maybe some people will pick the Seahawks to cover because you're thinking, okay, well, third time's a charm, right? Maybe they'll go in there and play, you know, really competitive and maybe the game will be closer. And maybe since the playoffs, maybe Brock Purdy won't be able to sustain the same kind of production that he's doing right now. Like eventually... We're going to see like Brock pretty struggle, right? Still hasn't struggled yet. Uh, so obviously the 49ers were in the two seed. They beat the Cardinals. It was going to be a hassle for the Cowboys to get the number one seed and and the Eagles not to get it because the Eagles were playing the Giants backups. Uh, so the 49ers just had to win and they were pretty much locked in on the two seed. They would have got the one seed if the Eagles had lost, but the Eagles ended up hanging on. So the 49ers are here. I just hope this can be a little competitive, at least hopefully in the first half. Uh, maybe the whole game. I'm really hoping that Geno Smith and those boys can go in there and and play really good. Uh, and maybe we can see, you know, the 49ers, I wouldn't say exposed, but kind of maybe teams can get some film on them and Brock Purdy and, and know how to exploit them and, and, and make that a good game for the division around whoever they end up playing. Uh, looks like right now they probably either play the Minnesota Vikings 
Or I guess if the Giants beat the Vikings then uh, and the Cowboys win, then the Cowboys would play the Niners. So maybe those teams will be able to to exploit some of the weaknesses of the 49ers if the Seahawks can expose it in this game. They got the third time to do it. So you got nothing to lose. Uh, I expect Seattle to come out and you know be really aggressive because they don't want to get swept. And it seems like we always have some classic Seahawks and 49ers playoff matchups. More specifically, the 2013 game, the Legion of Boom, Michael Crabtree, Richard Sherman, I'm the best corner in the league. Like That was one of the best games I had ever seen. Uh, and that was when I really started getting into football uh, back in middle school. So, yeah, I'm really hoping that the Seahawks can make this a game. But I'm going to say that the 49ers pull away when it matters. So maybe it'll be close in the first quarter, first half when I'm watching. I, I just think the 49ers are going to be able to pull away and 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 overwhelm them with all the playmakers that they have. So I'm going to take the Niners. But it is interesting because uh, this is what Pete Carroll had to say facing the 49ers for a third time. Um, unfortunately, we're playing <laughs> the Niners and they're loaded. And they're loaded and healthy and on a roll and about as hot as you could possibly get. And... Uh, doing it in a really commanding fashion too, you know, with the young quarterback who's doing so well, um, just kind of would buck the odds, you know, that everybody would think you could do that. And so that was very honest, very genuine answer. I mean, he's straight up letting them know that, Hey, we know we're playing a hot team. We know we're playing. We know the odds are stacked against us, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean we're not going to go out there and play hard. And so I, I love it. It's that, you know, we're playing like we got nothing to lose type of mindset and that can be dangerous for the 49ers. So, the 49ers can't overlook the Seahawks, and I don't think they will. I'm going to say that the 49ers win by multiple scores. I'm going to say they go ahead and cover that 9.5-point spread, but I, I expect Seattle to keep it close. I'm going to say 28-14, to 14, a little bit of a, of a mismatch. They win by multiple scores, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if early on it's like 10-7 type game and, and Seattle's in it. So watch out for that. So I'm going to keep the Brock Purdy hype train going. Last six games, 13 touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. 49ers have scored 33-plus points in five of these games. Pretty through two touchdowns in each of those games as well. They've just been rolling, man. It's it's going to be a hard team to beat. I, I think, I've been saying the past few weeks, they're definitely my pick to come out of the NFC, and I don't think it's going to change. Uh, so we'll see who they end up playing in the next round. Saturday night, we got the Chargers at the Jaguars, fifth versus fourth seed. Mike Williams is indeed going to be out. I just got the notification that he's going to miss this week which is kind of a big blow for the Chargers. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't say that changes my pick uh, because, spoiler alert, I actually was going to take the Jaguars here at home. I think they're hotter right now. I think being at home and Doug Peterson, I think he's going to outcoach Brandon Staley just a little bit. But I am excited for the Herbert versus Lawrence. I think that was one of the the better matches we were going to get. It was either going to be Herbert versus Lawrence or it was going to be Herbert versus Joe Burrow. So I'm indeed excited that we got one of the two matchups there. Uh, not the biggest fan though of Brandon Staley keeping Mike Williams in that game because Mike Williams is now out. You know, there was no reason he should have been in that game late in that Broncos game. They had already clinched the fifth seed because remember, unless the Ravens were to beat the Bengals with Anthony Brown, there was no way that the Chargers were going to be, you know, be in jeopardy of losing the fifth seed. And that game was played earlier. So the Chargers should have known that and just pulled the starters out. That game didn't matter, right? Denver ended their season on a high note. Okay, whatever. But Chargers had nothing to lose in that game. And the fact that Mike Williams hurt his back and now he's not even going to play, I think that's a big blow. I think we're going to see a difference in the offense. And I just think the Jaguars are going to hang on and win. But I think this is going to be an exciting game. I'll tell you what, I think we'll see some scoring, uh, but I think both teams still score under 30. So I'm going to say that the Jaguars get it done 
Let's go 29 to 26. They win by three points. It's going to be a really good barn burner type game. Both quarterbacks are going to show out, but I think the lack of Mike Williams just kind of solidifies it for me. And if he was playing, I still would have pit the Jaguars. The Chargers are actually favored by two and a half. Surprisingly, I thought the Jaguars might have been favored at home, uh, but this is one of my upsets. This is going to be an upset for me. And I got the Jaguars winning 29, 26 book it. But regardless of what ends up happening in this game, have to mention this real quick. The Jaguars earn their stripes here. No matter what happens, they prove that they belong in this league now with Trevor Lawrence just having a resurgence and Doug Peterson finding the right coach. I was pretty happy with their performance, I guess, against the Titans. Yes, you could argue that that play towards the end of the game with Josh Dodds, maybe it wasn't a fumble, maybe it wasn't. I thought the Jaguars would have found a way to win that game. And the Titans, I mean, they were on a six-game losing streak and that just solidified it. Go to seven games losing and 0-8 against teams over 500. It just wasn't a good finish for the Titans. And when Tannehill went down, it, you just kind of felt like this team was falling apart. And looking at the remaining schedule, you kind of knew that the Jaguars had a possibility of winning this division. And now this next year, there's no doubt like you're going to pick the Jaguars to win this division probably next year again, especially with the Colts and everything. There's so much uncertainty in this division. Texans are rebuilding as well. So, you know, the Jaguars are a clear-cut team to beat in this division probably the next few years. And once the Titans lost A.J. Brown, it just, the vibes weren't good. So, unfortunate way for them to end their season. Uh, but jo- I thought Josh Dobbs showed some great things. I thought he showed better promise than Malik Willis. And we'll just have to see how their offseason goes with Tannehill and everything and see if they can get another playmaker outside of Traylon Burks because I think he did show promise. But losing A.J. Brown, they, they just couldn't make up for it. Uh, but they still got Derrick Henry. I know he's met, might be aging a little bit. He's still top three running back in the NFL easily. Get some continuity in that front office. You got a great coach in Mike Rabel, and and let's see what they can do next year. Maybe they can compete again. We move into the Sunday slate games. We got to start with the twelve o'clock. I will be back in town by this point, so I'll be able to watch all the Sunday games and, of course, the Monday night football game. So I'll be locked in all these games. Dolphins and Bills. Tua is now officially out. And Buffalo is now a 13-point favorite in this game. It started nine and a half. This would be the largest point spread in the history of wildcard weekend. The previous was 12. 13 points, man. That's uh, The Dolphins are going to have their hands filled in this game. No doubt about it. Can Buffalo just have a complete game against Miami? I, I feel like the two matchups that they had, they didn't play their best ball. And it felt like the Bills in both games were going to roll them but they weren't able to do it. And Miami just kept hanging on there. So I think this is going to be the first real blowout that we see this weekend. I don't see the Dolphins keeping this game close with Skylar Thompson and that 13 point spread. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins cover, but I don't see them covering. I just think offensively, I mean, looking at how they played against the Jets last week, barely squeezing in, it was ugly. I think the Bills are ready to prove some naysayers wrong. And I think they're going to they're gonna try to make a run here. And it's in Buffalo. It's going to be cold. Skylar Thompson will do everything he can to try to help this Dolphins team win. But without two, I just really don't see this game being competitive. So I'm going to say the Bills roll them. I'm going to say that they win 35 to 20. So they win by multiple scores. And yeah, this is going to probably be the biggest blowout of the weekend, if you ask me. Uh, you could argue maybe 49ers and Seahawks, but I, I see the Seahawks playing... I see the Seahawks playing better in that game more than I would see the Dolphins playing better in this game. So that's that's just what I think. We're going to go with the Bills to win this game, 35-20. to 20. Let's see what Skylar Thompson can do. New York Giants versus Minnesota Vikings. 
This will be the afternoon game on Fox. Well, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Got throttled two weeks ago against the Packers. Beat the Bears last week, who were clearly tanking. Now it's time to see if this Minnesota Vikings team is as fraudulent as people think or if they're as well-coached as people think. Because being 11-0 in one-score games is no joke. No joke at all. You deserve to be a coach of the year candidate. And Kevin O'Connor, if you're doing that type of thing. And all the games that they had won close this year, they would have lost last year with Mike Zimmer. And you got to give Minnesota some props in that sense. Now, yes, I understand Justin Jefferson probably had arguably an MVP offensive player type of the year season, but he had some quiet games. And if the Giants defenders can frustrate Justin Jefferson and let him have a bad game and shut him down early, I really don't see how the Minnesota Vikings win this game, honestly. Like, as shocking as this sounds, I'm actually pretty damn confident that the Giants can go into Minnesota and win this game. You know, looking back at their matchup a couple weeks ago, it came down to the wire. And this is playoff football now, right? I think the Giants are going to be slept on going into this game. And I think a lot of people are also going to think that the Giants are going to go in there and win this game. And I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to be one of those people that says it happens. Minnesota's favored by three. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying it again. Give me another upset. I have the Giants beating the Vikings on wildcard weekend. This is going to be awesome, man. I think this is going to be a slept-on game. I'm interested to see the matchup between Jefferson and Dory Jackson. And how does Daniel Jones live up to the occasion in his first playoff game? Because the, the culture is changing now with Dable. If they win this game and go to the divisional round, they automatically go to Philly. That's an NFC East matchup right there that I want to see. And I just don't see if Minnesota wins and they go to San Francisco, it, that game's going to be ugly. I want the best type of football team versus team as I can see. And I, guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I got the Giants. This is my upset. This is another upset. I got two upsets so far. I got Jaguars and I got Giants. So spoiler alert, those are my two upsets this week. Let's see what this Giants team could do in the first round. And hey, if the Minnesota Vikings go in there and win, I'll say I was wrong next week. That's what we do. Giants are going to shock the Minnesota Vikings 23-21 to game-winning field goal. Let's go, baby. Sunday night football, Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Ravens and Bengals, third time playing. Again, both teams are split. Not only are they playing for the third time, but the Ravens are playing them in Cincinnati back-to-back -back weeks. Anthony Brown was last week. Probably going to be Tyler Huntley this week. Lamar Jackson is most likely not going to play. A lot of contract situations and injuries and all that other stuff spewing with Lamar. We can talk about him another day. Uh, but the Bengals right now are probably the hottest team in football. Definitely the hottest team in the AFC. And this is kind of a similar situation to the Seahawks and the Niners and the Bills and the Dolphins. I think Baltimore is going to have their hands filled. But this is interesting because... The spread is the exact same between the Bengals and the Ravens and the 49ers and the Seahawks, nine and a half. I'm confident that the Ravens can actually cover this spread. And it's not because Lamar Jackson is playing because he's actually not playing. So you would say, oh, Bengals easily cover. But I do believe that the Ravens have a chance to cover because their defense is so good. You know, they just extended Roquan Smith to be the highest paid linebacker in NFL history. Five years, $100 million deal, $45 million guaranteed. 
that makes me a little salty uh, because I really was hoping he would hit the market this offseason and the Cowboys would have a chance to get a guy like him. Love to see him on the Dallas defense, but Ravens are taking care of him. And ever since they've had him on their team since the midseason, he, they have been one of the best defense in the NFL. The problem is their offense has been horrific. I expect this game to be low scoring. I really do. And nine and a half, that's a lot in a division game, especially with the Ravens who seem like they play the Bengals really competitively all the time. Uh, I think Tyler Huntley is way better than Anthony Brown. If Lamar Jackson was playing, maybe we'd see an awesome game right here, but he's not, unfortunately. So I'm going to say that the Bengals win. But you know what? Give me Ravens to cover. We'll say... Well, yeah, we'll say that the the Bengals win by a touchdown. Low-scoring game. Let's go 21-14. to They win by a touchdown. But the Ravens' defense will hang on. They'll hang on. They'll force some turnovers. And I think we'll see Bengals and Bills in the second round, which will be an awesome matchup based on how my predictions are going in the AFC. See if the Ravens can do anything with Huntley, but I, I do think that the Bengals are going to win this game. I think the Ravens will have their hands filled offensively. They won't be able to move the ball as well, which is why I only have them scoring 14 points. But it is tough for the Bengals because not only do the Bengals are playing a division rival three times in a row, but they're playing them back-to-back weeks. Um, so the Ravens are, are going are gonna to play competitively. And I'm honestly surprised, like, will the Ravens even go home? Like, I don't even know if they went home this week because they had to go right back to Cincinnati. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't see why they would go back. But yeah, I'm going to say Joe Burrow, playoff mode is back. And Joe Burr will bring them back to the divisional round. Let's go. Bengals 24-21. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Monday night football. Like I said, it's an L that this game is on Monday night football. Don't like it at all. Dallas is opening up as two and a half point favorites on the road here. Uh, lots of disrespect and criticism coming to Dak Prescott for good reason. That game versus Washington, I don't even want to talk about it, guys. I really have nothing else to say about it. It was embarrassing, horrific, just a flat-out bad effort. And yes, I understand that it really had no meaning for the Cowboys. Like, yes, they were fighting for the number one seed, but Philly was going to beat the Giants with Davis Webb. So, And the 49ers had to lose to the Cardinals. Like That wasn't going to happen. The Cowboys were pretty much almost locked in fifth seed. But the way they played and showed up, you would have thought that they already knew that they were fifth seed. And that's what it kind of felt like. Dak Prescott played awful. One of the worst games of his career that I've ever seen in my life. The offense got no separation. The play calling was bad. Tony Pollard was underutilized. Zeke Elliott couldn't run. He couldn't find any holes. And it was just kind of frustrating because I was hoping that there was going to be a point in this game where we could pull our starters out, but we kept them in so long because we were getting blown out. And at this point, it was like they were the commentators were talking about this. At this point, you got to just hope to get some type of momentum, right? Because you're not going to win this game. But six points? That's just flat out embarrassing. Now, I have said that nothing else matters. So if the Cowboys go into Tampa Bay and play really good, it won't matter. It won't matter about last week. Last week will be a blur, right? Because this is all that matters. And I could see that happening because... You look at last year, for example, it doesn't matter how you play week 18 because in the wild card round, you could play really bad and lose. Cowboys last year, they put up, what, 50 points against the Eagles? Credit was against the Eagles backups. They looked really good still. Then the next week, they don't score more than seven points against the 49ers until the fourth quarter, and they lost that game, 23-17. to So I'm not going to base 
what I saw this week off of what I'm going to see in the wild card round. Because I do think the Cowboys can make some adjustments and now turn on play on mode and play really good. And if they do, they should beat the Bucs because the Bucs are not a good team. Uh, here's what I'm not really understanding. I understand the disrespect to Dak Prescott. There's a lot of pressure on him. Everybody, like all the media and all the sports shows that I'm watching, they're putting so much pressure on Dak Prescott. And they're like acting like this is the biggest game of his career. You know, if he doesn't play good, you know, the Cowboys are never going to win. They're going to move on. Okay, fair criticism. He played really bad this past week. It would be flat out embarrassing if the Cowboys lose this game because I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are picking Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady. And that's the only reason. Let's be real. If the Cowboys show up and play the way that they're supposed to play, the Buccaneers are not going to win this game, guys. Todd Bowles has not coached a good team all year. They've had a bad offensive line, a banged up offensive line. You have an aging Tom Brady who throws the ball 50 times a game. That's not a winning formula in football. The Cowboys are going to have to go in there and show them, hey, we're the better team. We're going to stop the run. We're going to force Brady to throw 50 times and we're going to whoop their ass because I think that's going to happen, guys. Believe it or not, I think the Cowboys are going to blow them out. After all this criticism that the Cowboys have been getting this week and Dak Prescott this, Dak Prescott that, the Cowboys are going to show up ready to play this week and they're going to blow out the Buccaneers 28 to 13. I think they win by multiple scores. I think they cover that spread because a lot of people really think that Tom Brady is going to go in there and beat them and the Buccaneers are going to beat them and Dallas is going to struggle. Oh, look at week one, 19 to three. They're going to beat them. It's not going to happen, guys. Todd Bowles and this team is not good. Okay. And as great as Tom Brady is, he's the greatest of all time. They're not winning this game. I'm confident that the Cowboys are going to win this game. And if they don't win this game, I'm going to be depressed because this is absolutely a game you should win. This would be an, an embarrassment, an embarrassment if you lose to the 8-9 Buccaneers. I don't care if they have Tom Brady. This is not a good football team. And you have been getting criticized all year. How will you respond, Dak Prescott? I hope you go in there and shut some people up. Please make it happen because I think it's going to happen. Cowboys win 28-13. to They shut the haters up. And then, of course, after they do win this game, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you just played the Bucs. I already know what's going to happen. Seen it too many times, but it doesn't matter. As long as they win so people can stop calling us a first-round exit, just win, shut everybody up, play good, and you're on to, I guess, in this sense, it'd be San Francisco. Let's go, man. I mean, I'm going to you know, do my best to ignore what happened in Week 18 because there was literally nothing good about that game at all. Uh, you know, going into that game, they were talking about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys since he's returned, you know, since week seven, they were, they ranked first in points per game, first and third down percentage, third in the red zone and an eight and two record. And then they go in there and they score six points. Like that just shows you that any given Sunday, I'm hoping it's that case. Cause they're playing Sam Howell. I was excited to see him play and I thought he played really good and maybe he could be their guy next year. But overall, that was just a really pitiful performance for the Cowboys and they they just were not unprepared. So I expect them to be prepared in this game. Okay. Now that we got done with all the wild card games, since you know it's just me today, let's go ahead and talk about some of those week 18 games. So, first of all, the biggest thing is the Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears. The Texans, the Texans, man. I ah they scored a touchdown with 50 seconds left on fourth and 20 to take the lead. And not only that. They went for two. They went for two. And they won 32 to 31 against Sam Ellinger and the Colts. Hey, I called it. I did not think it was going to happen. 
They were up early in that game. But once the Colts went up, I'm like, oh, this game's over, right? The Texans are surely going to try to lose this game. They want the number one overall pick. No. On fourth and 20, throw up a Hail Mary prayer, and they go for two. Lovey Smith, man. We talk about Black Monday happening all the time. Uh, They already, you know, he's out as the Texans head coach. They already fired him. And that's just so savage, bro. It's so savage that all you had to do was just not convert a fourth and 20, and you have the number one overall pick. And Bears fans are just... They're loving it, man. They're loving it. I bet they went crazy when they saw that. But the Texans, all they had to do was not convert a fourth and 20, and they'd have the number one overall pick. Lovey Smith is an absolute savage for that. Uh, I, I was reading a thing. It was like the that they met with Lovey Smith earlier in the week, and they said that we are firing you after Sunday's game. Uh, and Lovey's headset after they tied the game, they said, please intentionally miss the extra point. We get the number one pick if we lose. Lovey said, you said for two, got it. I don't know if this is true, but if that is true, that is the most legendary person I've ever heard in my life. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If he really like did that to help the Chicago Bears, because remember, he was with Chicago before. He helped the Chicago Bears get the number one overall pick for the first time since 19, I was like 1947. That's some savage stuff right there, man. Lovey Smith, helped the Bears get the number one overall pick. And as we are speaking right now, the draft order, Bears one, Texans two, Cardinals three, Colts four, Seahawks five, Lions six, Vegas seven, Falcons eight, Panthers nine, and Philadelphia 10. The NFL draft is going to be heating up. I'm super excited. It's just awesome. Ryan Poles is going to have a field day with the number one overall pick, baiting some teams. Uh, and let's see what they end up doing, who they end up drafting. Are they going to get a guy like Jalen Carter? Are they going to get a guy like Will Anderson at number one? Are they going to bait teams to trade? You can really do anything you want here. I saw some analysts saying that the Bears uh, should draft Bryce Young, trade Justin Fields, receive the first and third pick in return, use the salary cap on four starting caliber players. I don't like that at all uh, because, in my opinion, Justin Fields has already learned the system and he's developing really good. I would have never guessed he would have developed this great. So if you're drafting Bryce Young, you're kind of starting over and learning the new system. It could take a couple of years. Why not just build around Justin Fields? I think he's proven this year that you can, he might not be the franchise guy, but you can at least give him the chance to be the franchise guy. And I think he can be the franchise guy. I was wrong about Justin Fields. So it wouldn't make a lot of sense drafting Bryce Young unless you're like 100% certain that this dude is like some generational talent, which I just don't think he he's a guy that's going to come in right away with a, a rebuilding team like the Bears and just like flat out Mahomes us, right? Like it might take a couple years. So Justin Fields, who's already developing, you might as well keep them. So if the Bears do end up drafting Bryce Young, I will be very shocked. But I do think, you know, the Bears do have the number one pick. It makes a lot of chaos, right? It spices some things up. And that's why I picked the Bears to, to win or to lose against Minnesota and the Texans to beat the Colts because I wanted chaos. I wanted to see what Ryan's polls is going to do with this number one overall pick. So I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think the Bears are going to be able to bait some teams. So have to talk about that. What else can we talk about? The national championship on Monday, horrific. Uh, I mean, that game was over by the second quarter. 45 plays, 45 points at one point for the Georgia Bulldogs. Stenson Bennett proved that he can play in this league. So credit to Georgia uh, and poor TCU. They uh, that, that was an embarrassment, national embarrassment on TV. But I did end up saying and watching the whole game. So wasn't having fun doing it. I'll tell you that. 
What else, man? What else happened this week? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury now out for the Cardinals head coach. He signed a contract 10 months ago through 2027. Now he is no longer the head coach. And something that was interesting is now that the Cardinals have fired Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals have still never had a head coach longer than six years with the team and their 100 years of existence. No coordinator, no coach, more than six years. And if you look at their record every single year, like they made the, they made the Super Bowl in, I think, what was it, 2009, 2010, when they played the Steelers. They made the NFC Championship 2015 when they got blown out by the Panthers, Carson Palmer. Other than that, they've been pretty mediocre. They've had a lot of 5-11 and 11 seasons, a lot of 6-10 and 10 seasons, 7-9, and nine. Uh, eight and eights, you know, last year they started what seven and oh, and then they finished what 11 and five, hobbled into the playoffs, lost first round. It's been some pretty mediocre uh seasons for the Cardinals, and they just haven't been able to get over the hump. So we'll see what their head coach is, but I think Kyler Murray's happy, uh, because a couple weeks ago he was saying that you know, like systematically we're effed, and now he's going to be recovering for his ACL, so he's going to be out for the next few weeks next season. So I think the Cardinals are kind of in a tough position, but if they can get the head coach right, maybe they could have a bright future. But man, Black Monday, like I said, Lovey Smith out, Cliff Kingsbury out. Who else is going to be out? Nathaniel Hackett's already out. Josh McDaniels is likely safe because of the money situation. Yeah, man, just a, a crazy week so far. Uh, I, I feel like there's more things I got to talk about. Let's see what else happened. Week 18. Oh, Lions and Packers, the biggest game of the week. And the Lions just not giving two Fs. I said it last week, and I, I was right. I said that just because the Lions were eliminated doesn't mean that they were going to try against the Packers. Dan Campbell was going to have those boys play. And they were ready. And they went in there, and they beat the Green Bay Packers, a team that was hot, a team that I didn't want to play. And Jamal Williams, you know, just having the most rushing touchdowns in the season for the Lions – Super crazy for them. You know, Kirby Joseph saying, hey, if we're not going, y'all not going either. And picking off Aaron Rodgers, just an awesome way to kind of end the Packers season. And this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say about his future with the Green Bay Packers after losing the game. But like I said, I, you know, I feel good about what I've accomplished in this league and um, wouldn't have any regrets walking away. But I got to see what it feels like once I get away from this. Okay, that's just typical Aaron Rodgers trying to spear up some drama, in my opinion. He's not going to be in on another team next year. I thought this last year. It's not going to happen. He's going to gripe and moan all offseason just to come back because he's getting paid a lot or he's just going to retire. He's not going to be on another team. There's no way. My bet he's going to end up coming back for another season. But he's you know just because they lost again, he's going to try to make it seem like it's all about him and yeah, you know, oh, I don't know the future, you know, of course. Aaron Cameron's caught you, I guess, not Jameson Williams asked for your jersey. You wanted yeah. to keep it. Was that uh, he needs to earn it more or you wanted to keep it just in case? I, I think I might have told him I'd give him a jersey uh, when we played in Detroit. So I'll probably have to send him a jersey. But there's just some special ones um, that I like to keep uh, and so it was nothing against Jameson. I'll, I'll make sure I send him send him one. But uh, yeah, I kind of want to keep this one. Why? What was special about this one? Well, I mean, it's just it's 
Uh, night game, Lambo, week 18. There's just certain jerseys you like uh, like holding on to, like you know, playing Chicago or uh, you know, big uh, Sunday night games. It's just a little bit different, I guess. Maybe given it's not keeping it. It's more like it's a cool one to give somebody you really care about. They're trying to make it seem like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Come on, guys. We've seen this story too many times. Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. He's going to be back in Green Bay next year or he's going to retire. I'm very confident in that statement. I, ju- I just really think that's going to happen. But it was awesome, man. It was awesome that the Lions went in there and they looked like a playoff team. And yes, maybe they should be in over the Seahawks, but you got to think the Seahawks did beat them head to head and the Lions did have that stinker game in Carolina. All they had to do was win one of those games and they'd be in this position. Uh, but Dan Campbell deserves some credit. They're they're going to have a bright future with Jared Goff in this team. I think Jared Goff has proven that he can be this quarterback uh, for the next few years. So we'll see what they do in the NFL draft. I'm going to be excited to see. Uh, but that was honestly the main thing, I, my biggest takeaway. Everything else seemed expected. You know, we saw some mediocre quarterback play this week. Uh, we had some the Nathan Petermans of the world, the David Blouse, the Sam Ellingers, and a lot of division gains. But I'm just excited that the playoffs are here. I appreciate you guys joining me this week. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend. And we will be right back here next week with the boys, Preston and Gledhill, to recap and talk about the divisional matchups. I'll see you all next week and have a good one.